What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today we're going to be talking about an early mother of Wicca, Patricia Crothers. So basically, she was born in 1927, and she was initiated by Gardner in 1960. And she wrote different books with her husband. An interesting thing about her is that Doreen Valiente posted pretty recently, several years back, she posted some of the old, or maybe all of them, um, it's a radio show that the Crothers used to do, A Spell of Witchcraft. It was for the BBC. It was six of them. They were 20 minutes long, and they aired in 1971. So she posted those, and I didn't even know they existed until we were getting ready for this podcast. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I always like to go on the internet and do some searching aside from the book that we're going to read. And I saw those and I was, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it. Like, yes. Yeah. And then I heard one and I went, oh. That's why you said I should do them. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really crazy about them. Well, I mean, first of all, you have to remember, 1971, her mission was to get everything out, right? That was Patricia's yes. big mission. Let's get the information out, just like all the other early writers. Yeah. You know? So they did their version of a podcast. They did this little radio show. That's true. It which, was like the first Witch Space podcast. And it's kind of cute. They start with an incantation. They interview people on the street. I you know. had a lot of takes because when, as we were doing this research, you were like, you should watch the, the BBC podcast and I'll read the book. And the tone of the the videos is really weird. Or I guess the it's a radio show, so it's just a picture and then you listen to it on YouTube. The tone is really strange for me because a lot of what Patricia says is this is the old religion, it's the oldest in, you know, Western Europe, it's something that's been maligned, we're trying to make it not maligned. But then they use like very stereotypical witchy air quotes music or like creepy spooky sounds yeah and i'm like why did you do this because the tone now has gone from i really want you guys to understand what i'm talking about to like i really want you guys to understand what i'm talking about but i mean don't we do that now there's there are a lot of witches not everybody but there's a lot of us that embrace the witch aesthetic yes but i feel like when we're doing outreach there's like Less of that? I think it depends on who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm going to, you know. Yeah, no, I know look you. Look however I'm yeah. going to look. And... You're going to look like the head witch in charge at all times, and anybody who says no can fight you. And that's one of the things that I like about when we do something or when we have our pictures taken together is that we look so different. Yeah, because it's very, like, traditional witch and then, like, pastel witch. Right, and I think that's, I mean, who cares? So yeah. maybe, and I don't know, it was that her way of drawing people. Like if she was too clinical, too cut and dry, people yeah. would go, "You're not a witch, lady." So maybe she had to add some. You it know, was. To it. it was. There was a lot of. I felt like yeah. every five minutes or so, it was like ghost noises. But I think it's fascinating. They were doing this in 1971. Yeah, and it was weird to hear on the radio show, like, "Oh, it's you know, there's been it's been ten years or twenty years since." The, the old religion has been revived. Right. Like, wow, yep, this is this is not just with, like, it's not Murray, it's not Gardner, this isn't the vanguard. We're now getting into sort of people, really, this is spreading places. Right. 
I also took notes because uh, the first episode of the, I keep wanting to call it a podcast, the radio show, <laughs> was uh, there was a very nice chunk dedicated to how Britain is the mother goddess, which mm. I thought was very interesting. It was almost like um, like pro-Britain propaganda yes. to try and like convince, like, oh, do you like Britain? You like Wicca. <laughs> do you care about your country? You should be Wiccan because Britain is a goddess. Boom. Gotcha. Which, like, was an interesting take, like, the way she put it together from early Celtic goddesses of, like, Brit and Annie or Annis or one of those. I get it. I did not love thing that I wasn't expecting. She, she says in the radio show that affectionately the god of the witches was called Old Horny. Oh, yes, I've heard that before. And I just really didn't love that. I think it's a British thing. I, okay. I think, you know what I mean? Because I, I, when I hear it, or when I read it, I should say, I always picture somebody very British, you know. I can't do the accent, but, you know, the yeah. old horny kind of thing. Like, it's not not the same as, as an American take to it. So I, I don't yeah. know that I would feel... I know. What you I mean. guess that's true, because, like, horny doesn't mean the same thing in Britain. Right, right. They, yeah, but it was weird. I was like, oh, old horny. Okay, well, are we, are we talking about Gardner or are we talking about a cob? Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, I did also read the book. You sent okay. me specific chapters, but I kind of did. So the book that we decided to work with is Lid Off the Cauldron. That was written in 1981. Um, and it's funny because the very first page, page one, I highlighted it here. It is now over 20 years, is what you said. It's yeah. now over 20 years since the revival of witchcraft or the craft of the wise. But it is very doubtful if the public at large have any greater comprehension of it than they had in earlier times. And what I loved about this quote is this is a debate that we have constantly. What is it? What is witchcraft? Yeah. It's like we're in 2019 and I feel that this quote reflects us now do we have any greater comprehension of what it is have we splintered off so far into different ideas of it that we're no closer to than Gardner was to trying to put it all together and figure out what it is I don't know I thought it was an interesting quote yeah I I'm processing but I actually think you might be right that like instead of and I think this is part of the way that I'm, I'm going to phrase it as Gardner created the religion because a lot of that foundational yeah, stuff comes from him. Sure. But and a, she was a Gardnerian. Right. But a lot of the way that the religion is founded is sort of like, we keep everything hush-hush. There's no central structure. Each coven is their own thing. So instead of solidifying into like one end-all, be-all, this is how it works, we've moved into, and we see that when we see the branching into Alexandrian and other types of Wicca, that, yeah, we have kind of moved away from having one answer, and everybody now has their own answers. Well, Gardner was really big on initiating, and she also mentions that every member of the craft must be brought in by an already initiated witch. Either, otherwise, it's not valid. Which is weird, because didn't Valiente have a self-initiation section in her yes. book? Yes. Patricia doesn't, but Valiente does. And not only that, but when you're talking about Alexandrian, supposedly, right, um, he was not initiated by Gardner. He couldn't get 
right. initiated. So he got a, his hands on the Book of Shadows of And Gardner, was like, we're doing it. And like, we're doing this now. And there are Alexandrian wishes. So does that mean none of them are valid? Because they were not initiated properly? Like, I, I yeah. just find this whole initiation thing. And also the idea that Gardner initiated... Uh, Patricia. Patricia initiated her husband because it has to go from man to female or female to man and then man to female and female to man. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's. Such, I'm sorry. That's where I just start saying this is complete nonsense where it has to be Yeah. You know. And is that then the line between like uh, no. That's not a question. That is then the line between Gardnerian and other types of Wicca. Like in an eclectic Wiccan religion yeah. you don't have to do that but you if like wouldn't be considered valid Gardnerian. Right. You aren't a Gardnerian witch. But I think that as time has gone on, we've gotten away from this, but there was a time, and I'm thinking about the 90s, when yeah. there was this feeling of, you know, who initiated you or what type of witch are you? And it's just yeah. like, get off my back. Yeah. You know? um, she does mention hereditary, which I thought was interesting. She says there are at least two ways of inheriting the wisdom by being born into a witch family or by being reincarnated and initiated into a present day coven. So the idea that once a witch, always a witch, you will come back, you will find your people, you will be initiated, or you come from a witch family. Right. You know, um, so there are different ways. <laughs> Scorpio just like patted the air. Well, it's just, so that means, so nobody else, so everybody else just forget it. Just, you know. Yeah, it, it's sort of like. Um, <laughs> pack up your broom and go home. What's that thing from history that Protestants believe in? Um it's like predetermination. Like you're determined, like God has chosen whether or not you're going to oh, heaven right. when you are born. So it doesn't matter what you do right? because you've already been chosen. Yeah. That's what she's saying. Like you have already been chosen to be a witch. Here's another thing. You know, let's look at this hereditary thing. Everybody then is a witch. Why? Because if we believe Margaret Murray, and we believe all these cave paintings and all this stuff that happened, somewhere along the line, people were witches all over the place. And then repression, 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 and some people are coming into it. Yeah. So maybe we, we all were. Maybe this is the natural state oh, of man. you can't take it. If we're talking hereditary, we're yeah. talking hereditary. Well, then from Egypt to Great Britain to the caves in Spain, everywhere you look. You can't. You cannot choose then and say, I believe Margaret Murray, but hereditary witches are only this, this, and that. That's very interesting. Because there's mean, always that argument of whether or not you take Murray seriously. And it's right. almost like these foundational texts take her half seriously. Well, Gardner definitely took her seriously. Yes. And this is where people are coming from. Um, so to me, if you're going to, you really want to go through the bloodline, then I guess we're all witches. We're yeah. all hereditary witches. So if anybody asks, according to us, we believe Hooray! you're a hereditary witch. Congratulations to all of you. You've now been initiated as hereditary <laughs> witches by the Witch Space Podcast. You know, someone's going to have a problem with that. And I really am okay with it. Yeah. Um, another thing is the whole idea. She goes, she talks about the ancestors and she says they held women in high esteem as the blessed life giver and sustainer. In many ways, she was regarded as the wiser. <laughs> Um, I know I shouldn't have laughed like that, but I, I do think it's kind of funny. Yes. Also because we talked about in Gardner's episode, the idea that he called every witch she. Yeah. Like this acknowledgement of this, I don't know, divineness, this inherently female. Yes. 
I don't know why I laughed like that. It's just... Because I feel like we live in a time right now where we're just beginning to come back to that. True. Like, we, we live in a world where there is a wage gap and there is sort of gender-based oppression. And so to look at a religion that is actively saying, no, women have value and this is part of their value. Like, yeah, evil yeah. cackle, insert here. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to make sure. Validated, validated, validated. Thank you, thank you. I really thought it was hilarious that um, her first chapter is called Going to the Devil. Yeah. Which, like, I understand why she did it. It's like, oh, we're not really devil worshippers. It's different. Let me explain it to you. But it, it reminded me of the tone of her radio show, where it was like, I'm going to throw this spooky thing at you. Right. But surprise, it's not that spooky. You know, another thing that she mentioned about initiation that I, I wanted to talk about, because I mocked it here, um, this, this idea that to be... To become a witch, you've got to have a natural inclination to worship the old gods. But more importantly, any other attitudes such as vulgar curiosity, a desire for power over others, or the selfish intention of using magic to gain material ends will only end in failure and disillusion. And I think that's something that always, always bothered me. Mm-hmm when it comes to people coming near witchcraft. I think, I mean, when she says vulgar curiosity, I know what she means. I mean, curiosity is fine. Um, I do feel that some people uh, get attracted to witchcraft for this idea that, oh, I'm going to do this spell against somebody or I'm going to gain something and not have a deeper understanding of, okay, listen, for every action, there's a reaction. Yeah. You know? So that kind of stuff. I thought it was. I thought it was good that she mentioned that here. I don't know that we've seen anything like that so out there in some of the other texts. I felt like a lot of the way that she wrote this, I felt very much like I had gotten my hands on a a real religious text. Mm. Like a the way that she describes these things gives you some context behind the foundation of Wicca as a religion. So in that initiation chapter, she writes, the old gods are ancient archetypal images of the divine powers behind all nature. And I was like, oh, that's a very soft polytheist way to look at it. Mm. So, okay, Wicca in its foundation is soft polytheism. You can equate gods and goddesses. You can say, you know, all of the moon goddesses are the moon goddess. Whereas in other pagan religions, that's not the case, you would have a hard polytheist religion. So, for me, Hellenic, I am a hard polytheist. Each god is their own god. They are separate entities. They're not necessarily archetypes, because if they were archetypes, they could all be interchangeable. Um, she did have a quote in that chapter that uh, irked me a little bit. <laughs> she writes, uh, These complementary aspects, talking about the divine feminine and the divine masculine, in nature are fact and cannot be disputed. And it made me angry because Valiente had all these beautiful citations in her work. Mm. She had all of these these beautiful notes showing you where she got the information. And Crowthers is just like, yeah, no, these are facts. Like, okay, like I'll take you, I'll take you at your word, but can you please cite something for me? Yeah, no. Please give me something to go off of, except that, that isn't just your 
experience. I have one last thing about initiation. I'm not mad. Let's do it. Okay. So there's one thing that I came, um, that I was thinking about. She says, in witchcraft, the soul develops a deeper understanding of being. This entails practice, which is why the craft has grades of advancement. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, I get it. Some people, I'm thinking of this like as students, Mm -hmm. some people need to go to like a structured school where everybody tells you this is it. And then other people don't like that kind of structure. So they write their own curriculum. Yes. And I think that's how she should say it. Some people need the structure of a coven to learn. Listen, everybody learns differently. Some people need to learn by doing, others by reading, others by listening. And some people might need the structure of a coven and other people will not be lazy and will actually do the work and say, okay, what do I need to read? What classes do I need to take? Who should I talk to about this? Who might be a good source? Right. You know, and I think that that's the difference. She doesn't make that difference, but when she says that's why there are grades of advancement, well, but are there, like, you're going to tell me somebody who's been studying, who's done the actual lead work, who's been doing this for, like, I don't know, 30 or 40 years, doesn't know anything because they weren't in a coven? So I don't buy that. I was really just shocked by how much information she gave us about initiation. I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about initiation. But, like, when I read it, I felt like I was reading a coven's book of shadows about it like these are the these are the steps in the first degree of initiation you're going to know the tools you're going to learn the magic you're going to make the oath the second degree of initiation you are reborn right you get a new name you are able to it's like a spiritual thing as opposed to a practical thing literally tells you how to cast a circle yeah uh how to consecrate your tools how to do all of that yeah. I also, some of my notes don't make any sense. Why things need to rhyme. I mean, you know, things yes. that you know, but she, she spells it all out. Things that I did not know were in this book that I don't think I've seen anybody really talk about. The tides. Yeah. The connection. A whole chapter on it. Which makes so much sense. Yeah. I But there were some things that she talked about that were um, weird and that I wish she hadn't talked about. Okay. The only thing I want to say about the tides is that oh, my, yes, do it. my mother would talk about the tides. And like yeah. the moon. Yeah, I would just ignore her because I'm like, I don't know what this has to do with anything. You know, because you're a kid. Yeah. So you don't listen. And then when I read that, I was like, hmm, maybe I should call her. <laughs> maybe I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> maybe I should call her and just be like, ma. Well, you know what it is? Because you're a hereditary witch, your mother was trying to teach you. Yeah, she's always trying to teach me. I liked that she talked about things that were unique. But then you get to, like, the section on the dance or of calls. These <gasps> of are calls. chapters 9 and 10. 9 is a super short chapter. She probably didn't need to include it. It could have been a sentence. Yeah. It's just about, like, different types of dancing. Of dancing, yeah. But then the calls, the invocation of the gods, and then she... Bro. She, <laughs> she has the sound waves. Like, Which what that would look are like. not a thing. That is not what sound looks like. It was just the most bizarre chapter. Yes, and she gives you the secret names. I'm going to say them on the podcast. She Ooh. gives you secret names of the goddesses. Here we go. I don't know how to pronounce these, so bear with me. Aurorioth. Aurorioth. You sound like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, it is O-R-O-R-I-O-U-T-H. Aurorioth. There we go. Who is apparently Artemis, Selene, and... Hecate, Hecate, how do I, I'm a Hellenic, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um, and then Aruru, not a joke, A-R-U-R-U, Aruru is Aphrodite. And these names are supposedly um, 
So these secret names are supposedly sexual in nature, sort of representing the life and death cycles. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the secret names of the goddesses are the life, and then she talks about the death being orgasm. But specifically the male orgasm. When men orgasm, I'm air quoting all of this as I say it, when men orgasm, they have the symptoms of death. Like men are dying. <laughs> When they ejaculate. Uh, something about, like, when men are going to die on the battlefield, they ejaculate. Or if they are hung, they ejaculate. Like, girl, what? I mean, I know that when people die, they defecate. Yes, but I, I really, truly I, don't think they get hard-ons. I mean, is she t- I was going to say um, rigor mortis, but you're not going to ejaculate No. Then. I have no idea what she's talking about. It was weird. The whole section of... Are there of, any doctors listening? Please Do let us know. Do actually ejaculate? Like, I don't... Because it just seemed weird. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, when she started talking about all these names and, you know, I I have never heard this in my life, but if that insults anybody, like, we're sorry. It just seems like she went into a realm that just seemed a little bit silly. And then, yeah, with the whole idea of, like, why she's spending so much time talking about men's ejaculation was beyond me. Like, it wasn't really going anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It was, like, two paragraphs yeah. of penis talk and then nothing. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, time to move on to the planetary rituals. Which, like, okay, I am here for the planetary rituals. Did I need that penis aside? Penis, penis on the side. Penis on the Which, you know, after Beltane makes a ton of sense. I just, I, you know. Yeah. Uh, the planetary rituals were kind of cool. It was very much like, this is what a coven does related to different planets. As someone who's interested in astrology, it made sense. You know, Saturn is quiet and somber and it's about ambition. Jupiter is about success and hope and fun. Mars, I thought, was really cool because she talks about Mars being connected to the Tower card in Tarot. And for those of you who follow us on Instagram, I am always trying to just embody big tower energy. Hashtag BTE. And so I would love to try like a Mars ritual to, you know, imbue myself with more (laughs) big tower energy. Yeah, guys, you need to see me. I just do weird hand motions the whole time we talk. But obviously the rituals are sort of created for a coven. So you'd have to modify them to do them yourselves. Right. But they also give you, they, she gives you the sort of correspondences in the beginning of each chapter. And that I think is super valuable for a solitary practitioner because knowing correspondences and knowing paradigms, knowing ways that you can work them into spells allows you to be creative and allows you to do new things. So that would be the kind of thing that I would go in if I were an eclectic witch or somebody who is working on their own, I would take those correspondences and those could go in my book of shadows or in my working book. And I would know these are traditional correspondences from earlier in the craft that I can then use to create my own personal rituals or relate to other spells that I'm working. So that's a super useful tool. If you never read anything else in this book, I would definitely recommend those last couple of chapters because they give you concrete, workable tools for your practice. This is the last of the purely Gardnerian texts yes. that we're going to be looking at. But, I mean, that's this three people. I mean, Gardner, 
and then two other people yeah. that really are considered, whether we agree with them or not, this is kind of where we came from. A lot of the things that we do are because these people yeah. talked about it, wrote about it. Is this book worth reading? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I think I, I everyone think should read chapter 10 and then comment on Instagram how you felt about it. I'll make a post about it because chapter 10 is uh, of calls. Oh, yeah. goodness. I, I was going to say, how about the one on the planetary rights? That might be interesting to look at. But I think it's definitely worth a look at. And it's a short book. It wasn't like a ton. No. It wasn't super deep, super intense. You could really get through it. And even if you say, okay, I really do not want to read this thing, check out Doreen, Doreen Valiente's post on YouTube because you can hear Patricia and her husband um, on the BBC radio. If nothing else, at least listen to her because she was important. She is important. And now you know the, the weird tone, so you'll be emotionally prepared for that. Yes. That's it for Patricia Crowther's. For our next full moon, another witch in time, we will be talking about The Witch's Bible Complete, written by Janet and Stuart Farrar. And I cannot wait. Scorpio's chomping at the bit for this one. Yes! We wanted to say a big thank you to Sean McShane for our intro-outro music. He's awesome. Wonderful. We'll continue to tag him and post him on Instagram so you guys can give him a follow. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us.